your dreams, the podcast where each week we will challenge you to take yourself, your business, and your life to another level. Learn what it takes to overcome adversity, to get back up when life or circumstances have knocked you down, and use failure as a tool for success. We will discuss tactics, share experiences, and learn from some people that have proven challenges equal growth. Listen closely because the lessons learned are what can allow you to be one of what I call the few. Everybody wants success, but the few are willing to hustle to reach it. I'm your host, Carter Smith, startup founder, business owner, husband, father, multi-time failure, and consistent comeback king. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Hunt Your Dreams, the episode that I've dubbed The Art of the Comeback. I am pumped to get the ball rolling as we work towards building the next level for our listeners. No matter where you are, there's always another level that you can take it to, and if there isn't, then it's on you to build it. This week, we are going to dive into my background and experience a little bit, discuss the lines separating failure and success, explore the right ways to view and embrace challenges and failures, and also talk about what to do when you are at the bottom of a failure. All right, well, I am jacked up about this episode. I think we have some really great stuff uh, for you today. Uh, let's get it started with just a little bit of background on myself and just I, I hope you guys can resonate with some of the things that are talked about and uh, hopefully you can take a couple nuggets away and, and apply them in your own daily life. I'd like to leave by saying that I am a different breed, man. I, I eat, breathe, and live entrepreneurship and business ownership and small business and growing and that that's just what I am and if you aren't that way, I, I believe it's going to be very difficult for you to, to get the kind of results that you're probably expecting or, or hoping for. Uh, my background, just so you guys know, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, went to high school there, went to college down at Lexington, Kentucky, the University of Kentucky, and then transferred home to uh, Ohio State University before starting my professional career. Part of every startup founder or business owner's path deals with failures. It can start at a young age. It can start at an older age. Um, but if you've never experienced failure, then I find it really hard to believe that you've experienced any significant level of success yet. And if you haven't, that's okay. Just prepare yourself for the failures that are going to come. Uh, and, and hopefully this podcast, if you haven't experienced any failures or, or significant failures, will give you the tools to deal with those head on um, and hopefully make them less severe than they could have been. My first failure really was in high school. Um, I went to the same high school that my two older brothers went to. We all three played football. They were a bit older than me, so not at the same time. Uh, my oldest brother was a starting cornerback. My uh, brother in between him and I was a three-year letter winner, starting linebacker, and, and they both were really excellent athletes. The oldest one went on to play collegiate ball up in northern Ohio, uh, and I went into high school with expectations through the roof that, you know, I, that's my family name I have to live up to. And so sophomore year of high school is when I really experienced failure for the first time because I wasn't progressing at the same rate that I saw them progress at. I wasn't getting the same uh, results that I saw them get. I thought in my mind I was working as hard as I imagined they did, and it still it wasn't showing me the results, and it, it was very difficult for me. But I decided after my sophomore year 
that I was really going to dedicate myself to putting in extra work, to doing the extra things needed to get myself ready to be in a position to hopefully live up to kind of the legacy they had left at that school for me. Um, I, I never did attain that same level of success that they had. Uh, and, and that's really the first time after I, my senior year football season that I had to come to grips with the terms that failure is a part of life. You're going to have to deal with them. And it was my first taste of that. Um, I never started as a, as a football player. I was a role player my senior year. Um, that team, my team was excellent. We went undefeated in the regular season, uh, made it to the state semifinals, had division one athletes all over the field. But to me, that was still a failure because I wasn't able to attain that level of success that had been set before me. So I dealt with that and then go off to college, go down to University of Kentucky. First year there, uh, it, it is just blows my mind the, uh, you know, the lifestyle that you live as a freshman in college. It was, I was too busy having fun and, and not busy enough focusing on what I should have been focusing on. Uh, sophomore year rolls around, kind of get things under control. But at that point I had developed habits. And, and if, if you've ever had a habit like smoking or something like that, habits can be extremely difficult to break, especially at a young age where you haven't had experience breaking certain habits before. And so I ended up leaving the University of Kentucky uh, to come home to Ohio State University, uh, basically because I wasn't succeeding there and I, I was failing. And I, it reminded me of that senior year of high school where I didn't reach the level that I expected myself to reach. And so this time, instead of working through it like I did in high school and working harder, I retreated back to what I knew and I went home. Um, that is probably at the end of the day it worked out for the best because it it led me down a path that got me to where I am but looking back I wish somebody would have said to me you know no you need to face this head on you need to attack it you need to go back to Kentucky you need to get your shit together and you need to uh, overcome this challenge so go to Ohio State uh, spent a couple years there. I, I don't end up graduating because I was not cut out for college. Uh, it, it wasn't an intelligent thing, intelligence issue. It was uh, a, a work ethic issue at that time in my life. And again, another failure was piled on top of me where my oldest brother got a college degree. Now I, I don't have that piece of paper that says I can, you know, I saw this through to the end and completed it. And I, I still regret that. And I will eventually go back and get that piece of paper. Um, but I had to make a choice then if I was going to let that failure continue to push me down or if I was going to overcome it. So I started working for my mom at the home health care agency that my family had started a, a few years prior. I was just helping out doing billing work and financial work. I have always been good with numbers. So I was an accounting major, so it just kind of fit. Um, and I came into that company at a very tumultuous time. The company was going through uh, a shift from my dad owning it to my mom owning it. And there was a lot of turmoil. Things hadn't worked out exactly as my dad had hoped. 
uh, due to outside pressures and things like that from the investors that he had taken on. And the company was in a really bad position. Uh, there was a bit of debt, uh, un- unable to consistently meet the liability obligations to pay the, the bills that needed paid, things like that. And that was my first real opportunity to step up and, and take ownership of something. Uh, so I did. I, I worked, I mean, 24-7 grind. And, and I, I got in there. We, we fixed it. We got it running, uh, humming along, profitable, paying bills, meeting obligations, uh, actually having money in the bank at the end of the week instead of paying our employees and, and whatever bills we could. And I really felt like I had found something that I was successful at. As time went on in that same role, my role evolved and I became more of a manager, a CEO almost of the company. And I took on a more active role and I really overloaded myself by thinking, by being young and naive, really, by thinking that, oh, I was able to handle this big issue and these people aren't doing this. This person's not doing that. I'm just going to start taking stuff on and I'm going to fix everything. And there's no way a company that size, one person can handle that much or fix everything. It's got to be a team effort. And I didn't, I didn't know that at that time in my life. And so I plugged along for a couple of years. The company started struggling again. It started not continuing to grow it started kind of flatlining or or plateauing and I felt I took that all on myself because as the person who was making certain decisions and, and was in charge of certain aspects of the company it was my job to lead that company in the right direction and I hadn't done that and so after what I had considered a, a very large success in my life I was faced with what I considered an even larger failure. And I had to take that on and and figure out how to go from there. What do I do? How do I go from there? And at that point, the company and myself were in a position where it it wasn't going to work. It it wasn't going to be fixed by me. I didn't have it in uh, I didn't have the capacity to fix it myself. I didn't have the people that I thought could fix it with me. So instead of getting rid of a bunch of people or trying to to find a way to fix it, I removed myself from that situation to allow that company to grow and to to prosper. And it it is. It has since then and it will continue to. Um, But I had to pivot. I had to reinvent what I was. I had just gotten married. I was expecting my first child, bought a home. Uh, all months prior to this decision that I made that I was going to have to leave that company, that steady paycheck and go build something of my own. And so that's when I started my company, um, complete revenue solutions. I'll throw a little plug in there. (laughs) Um, but I started that company and within months, I, I mean, that company took off and I was, I was killing it. Um, I was the only employee at the time. We were doing 10,000, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000 a month in revenue. Uh, you know, overhead was low, profits were good, income was good. Everything was humming along great. But once again, I hadn't planned for that growth. 
I hadn't had the uh, forward thinking to really prepare for that growth. And so, uh, again, it started to dip down to and uh, you know, customer service starts lacking. Customers are unhappy. What are they going to do? Well, they're not going to use your billing service anymore. They're going to find another one or they're going to hire their own or, you know, thousands of different things can happen. And the company started to tumble down this, uh, this rabbit hole is what I refer to it as. And, and, and revenue started declining. Everything was just kind of reminding me of that feeling of the last company that I had built up to a, a successful spot and not been able to sustain. But this time I had to make a tough decision and I had to say, you know what, it's my fault this company is where it is. It's my fault that things have gone, you know, that things have happened. I'm going to take accountability for it. I'm going to be responsible for it. And now I'm going to find a way to overcome it. I'm going to face that challenge head on. I'm going to go at it. I'm, going to, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to find a way to fix what had happened and get it even better than it was before. And so that's that's what I've done with that company. It is now at a position where it's reaching those same revenue levels it had at the, at, you know, six to eight months ago or, or a year ago um, at this point. And it's still continuing to grow. And throughout that, instead of doing the same thing I did last time where I didn't prepare for that or I wasn't forward thinking about, OK, as we continue to grow, how are we going to handle that growth? This time I've brought people in. I've added uh, my brother in the company who is an extremely intelligent person and knows a lot about management and is absolutely going to excel as a manager in the company and as a, a integral part of the company. And the reason I did those things is because I learned from that last failure of not doing that, of not being able to say, okay, I can't handle all of this myself. I need to start finding people that are good at certain aspects of it and offloading some of the stuff I'm doing. And really what it comes down to is as someone who is uh, starting a business or running a business, you have to have a superhuman mentality almost. Human Humans are all very, uh, they settle very easily. They're, they're content. They're comfortable. They get comfortable and that's, that's all they want. Uh, if you want to excel, if you want to be great, if you want to really kill it, then you have to have a superhuman mentality. And so that's what I've kind of adopted. And what I what I did when things got rough there in a moment of where I was on the brink of what I thought was another fairly uh, large failure was I, I flipped on what I call beast mode. And if you ever watch NFL and, and, and you know, you know, beast mode, uh, beast mode runs hard and he, he doesn't he doesn't go down. And so what that what beast mode is to me means I had to work harder. I had to get up earlier, go to bed later. It's 3.47 a.m. right now, and I'm doing a podcast just to try to continue to grow this company and continue to grow myself and offer expertise to people who might experience things that I've experienced, experience things that the guests I bring on this podcast experience, etc., and that's where the I am a different breed mentality is. You have to be a different breed. If you're like every other guy on the street, you're not going to cut it. 
your competition isn't like every other guy on the street. You have to outwork them. You have to outthink them and you have to be better than them. And so that's kind of where we get into the whole failure versus success. My company was, uh, the company wasn't on the brink of failure. I felt like I was on the brink of failure because I'd let the company slip. But what it turns out to be is it's it's going to be my greatest success so far. Now, once I reach that top pinnacle that I had hit before, it, it's on me to take that to another level, to build that next level that hasn't yet been reached and to continue to push through it. There is no other option. Now, when it comes to failures and successes, what everybody needs to understand is that the trajectory of a failure and the trajectory of a success is never a straight line. Once you start a failure, it doesn't just constantly go down. There's going to be moments where you feel like you might have picked it up and then it's going to go a little lower. And the same with success. You're going to start going up and you're going to get a setback. Something's going to happen and it's going to start trending down and it's on you to get into that mentality, that beast mode mentality, to make sure that that failure isn't as deep as it lasts and that you're constantly moving those bars up. And so that's where, if you heard in the intro, I said challenge equals growth. And that's because when you're getting challenged, that's an opportunity for you to grow as a person, for you to grow as a professional and to take this moment and own it. And so there's two options when you go through a failure. You can either take the easy road or what I call the growth road. And if you take the growth road, that's the way you want to go. You want to grow from your failures. And so you got to you gotta make up your mind that you're not going to stay down when you get knocked down. You're going to get back up. You're going to refuse to quit. And my man Gary Vee always says it. Hustle will always beat talent when talent doesn't hustle. What that means is you don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the Einstein. You just have to out-hustle the person who is. Now, as you experience these failures and successes over the course of your career, your life, whether it's in business and your family or whatever the situation is, what you need to know is the proper way to view failure. Because in today's day and age, failure used to be a bad word. It used to mean that you failed there was nothing you could do about it. It was the end-all, be-all. And that wasn't right. And that has been proven wrong time and time again. But now people have gone to the other extreme, where people view failure as almost a glamorized rite of passage to success. And while failure is going to be part of majority, if not all people's successes, it shouldn't be something that you look for. You shouldn't idolize it. You should be ready for it, you should expect it, and you should fight tooth and nail to not let it defeat you, but you definitely should not embrace it to the point where you're looking for failures. When you experience a failure, it's only good if you learn from it, okay? If you fail and then you manage to turn it around and then the same thing that caused you to fail before causes you to fail again then that failure of the first time meant nothing. It was worthless. It was not worth anything. And so that's really the viewpoint you have to have on it is, okay, I'm okay with failure. I'm going to accept that failure will be a part of my journey, but 
I am going to learn from every single failure I have. Even if you have to learn the same lesson twice, don't make your don't make the mistake of having to learn it three times because that third time could be the type of failure that puts you out. And as a business, at least, um, the other thing to remember about failure and, and part of the reason that you shouldn't fear it and part of the reason that you shouldn't be afraid to take risks is there are very, very few instances of catastrophic failures. And when I say catastrophic failure, I don't mean a company going under. I don't mean, uh, you know, losing investors money. I don't mean anything like that. That's not catastrophic. Those investors will rebound most likely. Um, if they had the money to invest, hopefully they knew the risks, but also if the company goes under, the people who are employed will be able to find other jobs. There's never been a time in my lifetime that you couldn't, that it was absolutely impossible to find a job. Now, it may not be easy. You may not get the job you want. And if you're the business owner or the, the manager of a company that experiences that, it's going to be extremely difficult for you, but you're going to be alive. You're going to be able to recover from it, even if it takes you to the point of almost bankruptcy personally, or if you you know lose your car or whatever it is. Those are all material things that can be overcome. So that I'm not I'm not advocating allowing failures get to that point but if they do you need to try to find a way to remind yourself that okay I can still recover from this your credit may take a hit your life may take a hit you may have to move to a different area you may have to downsize you there may be things you have to do to uh, attack that failure but you're alive you're you're capable you're able to continue and that is really cat catastrophic failures in my mind mean there's no way to recover from it. You can't do anything. It's over. You're done. That's it. And so there, there aren't very many of those in the history of, of business or, you know, humanity. The biggest thing about failure that you need to realize is that winning or in this case succeeding, but I like to use sports terminology. So winning is not about talent, it's about effort. So if you put the effort in at a level that exceeds your competition, then you're going to win. You have to have a mindset. Winning is a mindset, but it's a mindset that only few people can adapt because they're outstanding individuals, because they're extraordinary. And it's because they refuse to accept losing as a possibility. And that's that's all it comes down to is refusing to accept losing. The mentality of accepting losing is toxic and destroys any chance you have at success. You have to have a I'm going to win. That's the only option for me attitude. And the only way to do that is to outwork your competition and to put in more effort than everybody else and to be better than everybody else as far as your level of effort and, and work. And that means you got to put in one more hour than your competition does after they go home and have dinner with their family. Maybe you don't get to do that or maybe you don't get to watch TV tonight or, you know, there's things you have to do 
you have to be willing to get up at 3 a.m. to do a podcast. You have to be willing to go to bed at 2 a.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. You have to be willing to do those things if you want to outwork your competition and succeed. So now that you have a good view on how to interpret and internalize failures and also the very thin line there is between failure and success and the, how quickly it can change from one to the other. Um, we're gonna, I, I want to go through some tactics that I have used in the past when I found myself at what I call the bottom of a failure. And as I said previously, you know, failures and successes are not straight line trajectories. They go up and down. They, and, and so when you find yourself at the bottom of one of those down dips, there's certain things that I do um, to get myself out of that situation, to try to rebound. Um, these are things that have worked for me in the past. Uh, everybody works differently. You may not work the same. Um, but these things are all just general things that I, that I believe can help you to overcome a failure. The very first thing you need to do, and this goes back to learning from your failures, is to assess the past. Assess what has happened, assess what has gotten you to the point you're at in this failure, and then learn from it. So that whether that means like for me, that means making a list of exactly the mistakes I've made, things that have happened, situations I could have handled differently, all the things that ha I believe led to the place I'm at. And then reading through those things after I make that list and internalizing those things and learning from them and finding out how do I not allow those things to happen next time. Because I promise you, even if you get out of the failure you're, you're in now, if you don't learn what puts you there and how to prevent it from happening again, you're going to be right back there in six months or uh, you know three months, a year, however long it takes. You're going to be right back where you were, if not further down. And you have to be able to assess what happened before you move forward. I don't care if that means you have to tell your wife or tell your buddies or tell whoever, hey, listen, I'm 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 unavailable for the next four hours. I, I can't do it today. I gotta I gotta work. I gotta I gotta rehone this uh, craft of mine. I have to whatever you have to say. Hell, I don't care. You can tell them you have a, a headache. I don't know. It doesn't matter what you tell them. All that matters is that you sit down by yourself. And go through what has led you to this point. It can be useful to bring in somebody if they have knowledge of the company or the situation or whatever and go through that list with them and say, listen, this is what I identified. Do you see something else that I'm missing? That way you get that feedback. But I like to at least on the, on the initial step is do it by myself and internalize those things and really um, give my child saying give myself a chance to be real with myself because you owe it to yourself to look at it objectively and to take accountability for what has happened to this point. Um, after you've done that, you, you figured out, you know, what you believe caused this, you figured out how you can prevent it. And, you know, going forward, the next thing to do is to get to work. And I mean, you got to get to work. You have to go at it. And so there, there's, in my mind, conflicting viewpoints. A lot of people would tell you the best way to do that is to get the ball rolling any way possible. So that means if you make a to-do list of everything, everything you have to do, 
and you start with the smallest, easiest task just to get something done, check it off your to-do list, make yourself feel good, and then it gets the ball rolling. That's fine if that works for you. It's not something that I've been good at in the past. I've tried that. Typically, I find myself where I get a bunch of small things done that really probably aren't that important, and all I'm doing is continuing to put aside the bigger issue. So what I do is I make a list and I rank everything in importance and I look at what the most important task is. What is the most important task, project, whatever it is that I need to do to really make a statement, to really get the ball rolling. And I will sit down. I don't care if it takes me 12 hours. I will sit down and I will not stop until that is done because that is going to make you feel even better when you check that one off because you're going to look at the rest of your list and go, oh, I can knock that out in 30 minutes. And you get that that big chunk is taken off your plate. A huge weight is lifted off your shoulders, and you're able to really move forward at that point. Um, and whether it's, you know, a customer has been harping on you for, uh, you know, a project that you were supposed to complete or a project that's coming due or an update or whatever, whatever it is. Take the most stressful thing in your life related to the failure and attack it head on. And then after you do it, and let's say you work for 12 hours and you have part of it done and it's going to take another 12 hours. The next thing you need to do is you need to contact whoever it is. If it's a customer that is expecting something and you're not going to meet the deadline or you already missed the deadline or whatever it is. And you need to own it. You need to be accountable. You need to accept responsibility for where it's at. And you need to show resilience to them that, listen, here's where we're at. It's not going to be done by today. It's going to be done by Thursday or, you know, whatever it is that you can. But but when you put that timeline on it, you better be 100% sure that you're going to have it done. Because otherwise, you're going to look like somebody who is just saying things to to kind of escape the problem a couple more days. And I, I, I've been there. I've, I've experienced that. It happens. But if you really want to overcome uh, the failure that you're in or the situation that you're in, you need to be brutally honest with yourself and with everybody involved. And But don't back down. Don't, don't tuck your tail between your legs. Tell the customer exactly how it is or tell whoever exactly how it is, you know, if it's your wife, honey, I'm sorry, the mortgage is going to be a week late, but don't sugarcoat it because that's just going to make it worse. That's going to make your failure even worse. You're going to continue down a path. And trust me, with that weight on your shoulder of, okay, I get two more days, but you know you can't get it done in two more days. That's just going to weigh on you and slow you down and make it even harder to overcome. Uh, you need to show the customer, I, I keep using the customer because that's the mindset I'm in, um, but you need to show the customer that you will not stop. You're not going to give up. You are not going to be content with this level of service. You're not going to be this level. You are better than that. You're a winner. You're going to go out. You're going to show them. You need to never show them that you're never content with ordinary or average, that you are an extraordinary person and that the results that you're going to give them will represent that. You need to rise up and focus on the task. Get it done. I don't care what you have to do. Get it done. You need to decide right then and there. If you are, this is a, a 
saying I like to use with employees or whoever, uh, decide, are you a lion or are you a sheep? Because a lion is a leader. A lion is a hunter. A lion is a killer. A lion is just a beast. Or you could be a sheep, which is just, you know, one of a number. It's one of a pack just following around whoever, you know, whoever just walking today. And but you need to decide because if you're going to be a sheep, you need to tell that customer, hey, I'm a sheep. I don't know when I'm going to get it done. So you might want to look for somebody else. But if you're going to decide to be a lion, you better own it and you better be a lion. Now, you got to be strong enough to say no, but brave enough to say yes. And what I mean by that is when a customer is pushing you, I I need this today and you can't you know, there's no physical way you can do it. You need to tell that customer bluntly, point blank. Listen, I'm sorry. I know you want it today. That's not possible, but it's going to be done tomorrow. But at the same time, when that customer comes to you next time or when that customer has a new request or when there's something else you have to do, you got to you, you can't shy away from the challenge. You have to be brave enough to say, yeah, I can do that. And this and, and, and if you want to keep succeeding, if you want to keep building back towards that success that you want, then you got to start following through on those yeses. Be brave enough to say yes, but strong enough to say no. And tell tell your customers, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell whoever. Listen, others would settle for the level that we're at right now. I push through. I'm I'm gonna push past this. I'm gonna take it to a new level, and it's gonna be extraordinary. It's gonna be absolutely the best work you've ever seen, or the best whatever you've ever seen. And then do it. So listen, I'm I'm getting to my the end of the the episode here today. Um, I'm probably gonna go on a little rant here because I, I'm so fired up right now about this uh, the content that we've been talking about today about failure and and how to respond to it, how to view it, and, and things like that. Um, but now that you you know if you're in the bottom of a failure, if you're if you're down in the dumps, if you feel like the weight is on your shoulder, what you need to do now is you need to unleash the beast. You need to go full beast mode. And and I will tell you, in the hardest moments in my life, I flicked on beast mode and I worked harder. I I grinded harder. I hustled harder. I got up earlier. I went to bed later. I stayed up all night. I did whatever I had to do. And you got to go all out. I'm talking balls to the wall, all out, nonstop, full press, go until you can't anymore. If you want to raise the standard, if you want to raise the results, you have to. And when you finish whatever it is that's been putting you down, and when you finally get to a point where you feel like the weight's been lifted and your customers are happy saying, what a great you know, quality of work you did, what an amazing job you did, you just look at them and you tell them, man, I haven't even warmed up yet. Because the time to grow is always now. You have to be unreasonably dedicated to this. You have to be so insanely dedicated that people think you are crazy for even thinking about it. Because that's the only way you're going to get to where you want to be. Greatness will never come to those that take it easy. Those that sit back. Those that don't attack. That's not what it is. So today you need to set the tone for the rest of your career. You need to set the tone for the rest of your life. You have to go at it from an aspect that you cannot lose. Winning is the only option. And you have to get that loser mindset out of your head where 
people think winning is reserved for just lucky people. Winning is not reserved for just the lucky. Winning is what happens when your desire to win is greater than your fear, fear of failure. And just remember, I, as a sports person, on the field, everyone is equal. Talent means nothing. It's all about your effort, how hard you work, how hard you push. What, it, it, when a lion hunts, it's not because that lion needs to eat that moment. It's because that lion is programmed to hunt. You need to be programmed to push harder. And when you feel like quitting, because I promise you there are going to be times, even if you make it out of whatever you're in right now, there are going to be times when you feel like quitting. Remember all the people who said you'd fail or doubted you, because that's going to be the motivation that pushes you, that continue to keep going, to keep going. And remember, pain is temporary, but greatness lasts forever. And if you push through, greatness is what you'll achieve. I want to thank you all for listening today to the first episode of Hunt Your Dreams. I really appreciate everybody, and I hope you all learned something or took something valuable away from uh, what I had talked about today. Uh, next week, we'll be you know, discussing how to respond to financial hardships, ways to rebuild yourself after a monumental setback, and when it's time to switch gears and pivot away from what you've always done. Um, I'm really hopeful that we will have a uh, very special guest on next week. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, If you could, leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Comments are always appreciated. I am... uh, at on twitter cb smith three or on instagram this the carter be sure to check out the social media to keep up to date on what guests we'll be having and upcoming podcasts thanks again for listening and remember you determine failure or success with your actions